Kicking and Streaming Podcast is brought to you by Cafe 1804. Premium Haitian coffee now available online at cafe1804.com. That's cafe, K-A-F-E, 1804.com. Work we put on on YouTube is actually doing its thing. You know what I mean? The first part it has upward 80, almost 90 views we've gotten we've gotten quite a bit of uh, of subscribes you know uh, from zero subscribers that we had when we first put that out there to 15 subscribers that's awesome you know and the second part of course is obviously going to gain traction a bit slower than the first part because most people are discovering it and they, they're not going to start by the second part and they're going to watch the first part first so, yeah. you know, I'm glad that we took our, our, our time to do this. And, but I'm also very happy that the very first time we decided to put something on there, it was an absolute fucking crap. You know, that's obviously, <laughs> th- thanks, thanks to Jeffrey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's, he's having fun doing that. And, and he's coming up with, with new stuff all the time. So I like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy to know that. You know, it, it, it's not a burden on him, and that he's 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 still enjoying doing it. So <laughs> that's yeah, no, not at all. He loves it. It's just work has been getting in the way. He's been frustrated at work, not at us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, the work has to be done too. You know, because one has to make that bread. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, gotta clock those buckety bucks. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's go ahead and get this started because we've been talking for a while now. <laughs> <laughs> We're catching up. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Graham. Hey, Jocelyn. Do you like food? Yes. Do you like grocery shopping? <laughs> no. With Instacart, never deal with germ-covered shopping cart handles, people waiting until the last second to pay, or having to dodge that one creepy dude who's always in the dairy section. Never again will you have to stop your binge-watching for the drudgery of grocery shopping. Instacart is here to save your day. For a low monthly fee, Instacart will have trained personal shoppers choose and deliver your groceries from your favorite store right to your front door. Or your back door. It's all up to you. Shop from anywhere using your computer, iPhone, iPad, or Android device. Schedule a delivery and have your groceries delivered in as little as an hour. Instacart personal shoppers fulfill your orders from the store you've chosen. Your personal shopper will pick your produce, carefully select all your items, and handle any items that are out of stock. If you're a picky produce person, don't worry. You can notate all of your preferences and that info will be sent directly to your personal shopper who will go out of their way to select the best available items. They pay close attention to expiration dates and carefully handle delicate items like eggs and bottles. Oh, and speaking of bottles, alcohol delivery may be an option as well. All of this for one low monthly fee, and it's unlimited. Yes, that's right. Have them running around for you every day of the month. Who doesn't want a grocery store lackey? To start your 14-day free trial, follow the link in the show notes to let Instacart know we sent you and to help support our show. Instacart. Never set foot in a grocery store again. This is Kicking and Streaming Podcast, a binge watcher's guide to streaming movies, TV series, and stuff. Here are your hosts, Graham and Jocelyn. 
And hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Kicking and Streaming. This week, one more time with you. Uh, this is actually our first anniversary week and uh, we are going back to the cycle because our very, very first episode was an episode similar to this one we're going to do. With me, of course, is my favorite co-host, the only one I want to have. Her name is Jocelyn. Hello, Jojo. Howdy do. <laughs> happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Happy, 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 happy anniversary. <laughs> so we started our podcast the very first time talking about the Academy Awards nominations or the nominees. And this time, it was exactly at this time of year, as a matter of fact, this Tuesday, today, in the publishing of our podcast, is actually one year exactly when we put out our very first episode. So this is dope. This is dope. We are happy. And, you know, if you've been listening to us from the very beginning, thank you very much for still being here, for still being a fan, for still supporting us. If you've joined us in the midst of this journey, thank you for, for keeping on. Thank you for being a fan and thank you for the support that you've given us over the last few months since discovering us. So, Jocelyn, without further ado, let's talk about Oscar nominated yes. of the of this uh, year 2020, right? So, yes, I feel like this is sort of an interesting year. It is, in, in, in not without controversies, of course. Yes, <laughs> you know, as always, as always. <laughs> it's it's Oscar, so there's that. It's required. Let's let's actually get that out of the way, as a matter of fact. So we we know that the Oscar is largely dominated by older white dudes, and. Um, it the world is largely dominated <laughs> by older white dudes. <laughs> that is absolutely right. And, and, and it is, by, by and large, an old institution. And too, far too many people don't want some of these institutions to, to change. But at the same time that those institutions are refusing to change or reluctant to change, they are being left behind because... The times continue to move, aren't they? Mm-hmm. So this, you know, a few years ago, we had hashtag Oscar so white. Mm-hmm. And it seems like, boom, they went in correction mode and, and started to branch out a, a, a little bit in terms of skin color diversity and ethnicity, as a matter of fact. But then there was a bit of a regression in that many more women... Not that women haven't always been involved in the technical work of making movies, but many more women are, are putting stuff out there and getting themselves behind the camera in, in, in productions and, and things of that nature. Meanwhile, the Oscars managed to put out a, an entire list of nominees without nominating a director, uh, a female director. <laughs> Which is kind of amazing to me because there's been so many good films directed by so many talented female directors that that's a little confusing. But yeah, you know, yeah, I, I cannot. I can, well, I can think of two, for instance, that at, that should have been there, no question. Eva Duvernay for when they see us, 
Yes. And the lady who directed Little Women, what, what was what was her name? I mean, you all know who I'm talking about. At least at least these two that I that I, I know that is right right up in your face that should be there. So what do you think is happening there? <laughs> this is huge as sh- faux pas, Jocelyn. What, how do you explain that? Uh, I don't. I don't really think there is an explanation for it, honestly, because there, as you said, there are plenty of films on the list that that you know had women directed directing them. It's becoming not uncommon for a woman to direct a movie. God, it's only taken you know a hundred years to happen. <laughs> but, uh, so I, I don't know. I don't really think there is an explanation for it or an excuse either. It's it it is what it is, and hopefully there'll be some understanding that okay we've we we've we've embraced other skin tones now let's embrace gender as well. Yes yes yes. Let, let let's hope because here's the thing, regardless of how many awards are there, at the end of the day we all give it, give put more value more weight on on winning an Oscar. Um, I mean. You know, what I'm saying by that is that even if Meryl Streep may have won, I don't know, 1300 Golden Globes or People's Choice Award and SAG Award or whatever, you know, what everybody constantly was like thinking about was Meryl Streep has been nominated for 75,000 Academy Awards and hasn't won until the time she won, right? Uh, right. The same thing was with with Leo DiCaprio. Like so, so yes, the Oscars are an institution. And as a matter of fact, they should, of course, be more reflecting of what we are, who we are, and what we look like in every way, shape, or form. Yes. Yes, very, very, very much so. And you know, from what I understand, I mean, obviously, I'm. Absolutely nothing to do with a being a big time Hollywood person, but I mean that 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 also uh, has an effect on on actors, actresses, directors' paychecks. Oh yes. So I mean, you know, they can say, you know, oh, I want a Golden Globe, oh, I want a SAG award, and you know that may give them a bump in pay. But once you can say, I am an Oscar winning director, then it's like Academy Award winning director director. It's like, oh well, let's give me an extra you know, hundred mil or whatever to work with. So, so, you know, there's, and you know, you hate to think of it in a totally mercenary term, but money is what make the, makes the world go round. And if a director needs something to do a passion project, you know, winning that Oscar is might make that happen when it might not otherwise. Exactly. That, that, that is at the end of the day, the, the bottom line is that, you know, when, of course, winning an Academy Award could be a curse as it, as it could be a blessing. But more often than not, it is a blessing. And, and we tend to see far more liberty that, that directors and, and screenplay writers and, and actors will take once they have broken that, 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 that ceiling of winning an Oscar. And, you know, they go far, they go far. You yes. know, they, they become themselves institutions. And, and all we're asking for is that, you know, it, let's, let's, 
come on. Women, women are women are working hard, and not only are they working hard. Women know that it's not even about working hard, but it's about working harder just <laughs> to compete with, you know, people born with ball sacks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah. so, yeah, pretty much. So, so why not recognize it? You know, S- Stephen King, who is actually himself an institution as a, a, a writer, sort of jumped in on the wrong side of this com- of this conversation though i understand what he was tr- you know the point he was trying to make and perhaps the backlash was a little bit too lacky of nuance but i think the the comment he made was also had a little bit of tone deafness regardless of how true what he was trying to say may be. I don't know if you, if you've read about this, but he was saying that he would, if you, as a voting member of any academy, you know, he would not favor necessarily nominating anybody because of the color of the skin or the gender, but rather strictly on their work. But that is true to a certain extent. But that is also, if you want to look at it a certain way, that is also a little bit playing on the, you know, I don't see color bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the really, the only way to do that, it would be to go in completely blind. Yeah. You know, to go into something 100% blind, have absolutely no idea who directed it, anything about it whatsoever, which is in today's time completely impossible. Impossible, right. Um. And and just enjoy a, whatever it is for what it is and make your decision based off of that. And you can't do that because we're human beings. We have our own prejudices and beliefs that we don't exactly. even know we have. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, we're, and we're very, very good at denying what we have to ourselves as human beings. That's an excellent and also completely terrible trait that human beings have. That is true. Um, so I understand what he was trying to say, but what he's saying, what he's proposing is impossible. It is, it is, it is, it is impossible. Yes. Because you, you, I mean, you, you've summed it perfectly is, is that the thing is we, when we manifest our biases, we don't do it normally. We don't decide to do it at a certain moment. It comes out, it flares up because it's there. It's the demon on our shoulder all the time, right? So the only way we, we, we can overcome that is by deciding to do certain things in spite of the things that we are prejudiced against. Uh, yes. I, yes, I, and that that has to come with so much self awareness and yeah. so much evolution as a human being Beautiful. that there's very few of us that that will ever reach that um, level of humanity, and good for the ones who do. Right. Um, uh, most most of us will only ever be able to strive for that. Beautifully said, Jocelyn, and this is why we do a podcast together and shit because <laughs> <laughs> what I'm unable to express, you come right in and just interpret it for me as be- beautifully as you, as, as you just did. So, uh, you know, 
Here we go. All right. So we have our list. Uh, we're going to get started. How about that? That sounds good. So what we're going to do is predict what we think, who we think should or will win it. That doesn't necessarily mean that we're saying well, I mean, nobody knows this bullshit. Somebody probably knows, but again, <laughs> but this is based on our own opinions. And as I said on our very first show last year, which was about the the Oscar nominations, we ain't experts. <laughs> We're not. <laughs> so don't take us too seriously. Nope. Uh, just just go with it and have fun. Hey. We're just people who watch TV and watch movies and enjoy them. So that's our shit. That's what yes. I'm going to say. Yes, that's, that's it. <laughs> All right. So let's do this. Um, so first on the list, we have uh, original screenplay. And we've got Knives Out, written by Ryan Johnson. Marriage Story, written by Noah Baumbach. 1917, written by Sam Mendes and Christy Wilson Kearns. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, written by Quentin Tarantino. And Parasite, screenplay by Bong Joon-ho, Han Jing-won. And the story is by Bong Joon-ho. So, looking at this, Jocelyn, what do you... What do you predict? I think for original screenplay, I, I, I think it's going to be Knives Out. Is that, is that what you would like it to be or you think it's going to, it's going to be? I, well, one, I would like it to be because I, I enjoyed the movie very much and I enjoyed the screenplay. But I think it's going to be because I think these other movies are going to win other things. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's going to be a consolation prize. <laughs> well... So so here's here's the thing. So I know that you you liked Knives Out, but most of the comments and in, in, in reads that I've done about it, what they say is that actually the acting in the style a lot about it was fantastic, but really the the story itself, the storyline, the screenplay writing was you know nothing to write home about because pretty early into the development of the of the film you kind of had a pretty good guess as to who was the who done it i don't know i haven't watched the movie but you did so mm -hmm. do you think that was the case or or you, you do think that it was it was as well written as as one I, could I, imagine i think I actually think it is extremely well written. You actually do know who done it pretty much right away. I don't really think that's the point of the story. the The point of the story is all of these delightful little subplots and side conversations and and family intrigue that's going on. And I just think it's written very, very well and uh, doesn't leave a lot. Actually, left me nothing where I was going, hey, wait a minute, you forgot to, to explain this part. Or, hey, right. wait a minute, what about this thing that happened that you never explained? Which I have with a lot of movies. So, All right. So, to to on my end, I think there's going to be one of, like, so I'm pitting these two. And I, in my, in my view, I'm not going to choose one, but I'm just going to put out there two predictions. Mm -hmm. These are the ones that I think will win it. It's either going to be Noah Baumbach for Mare's Story. And that's pretty much, that might well be the only thing Mare's Story will win that night. Mm -hmm. Or it might be Sam Mendes for uh, 1917. I can see that too. I, I obviously, 
we we have to start by predicting that 1917 is going to have a big night, uh, I believe. But Mary's story, like I said, any other year, it, this could it, this could have been the the year of Mary's story because Hollywood seems to love this movie. But with everything that's out there, I think the only thing they might end up winning is original screenplay. Yeah. What, what do you think? Yeah, I can see that. I can see that too. Yeah. All right then. So why don't we you guide us through adapted screenplay? Oh boy. <laughs> so adapted screenplay, we have The Irishman, which is screenplay by Stephen is it Zaligan? <laughs> we have Jojo Rabbit by Takaya Watiti. We have Joker by Todd Phillips and Scott Silver. We have Little Women written by written for the screen by Greta Gerwig. And The Two Popes, written by Anthony McCartan. Yeah. So, um, what do you think? I don't know. This is a tough <laughs> one for me. Yes. I've been looking at it all day, Jocelyn. This <laughs> is a tough I one. I don't know. I'm kind of leaning towards The the Two Popes. Um, I, don't, I don't know why. Just, just kind of, I feel like, I don't know. Yeah. So... To be honest, when I pr when I put this list together, this was the category that I kept I kept fixated on because I felt like this is that the this is the one with the, the the group of death. Yeah. But the two popes kept jumping at me, right? Yeah. And if not the two popes, then I think Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. The Irishman. I think everybody still seem to have the same problem with it is that it's a fantastic film, but that motherfucker was too long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, but again, you know, yeah, the two popes, because it was this, it, it, it's, it's an enchanting story, isn't it? Like, you know, these yeah. two old dudes, like a bromance between two uh, clergymen who, you know, one, who will be replacing each other, uh, the other reluctantly. And one who just fucking quit. And is like, I'm, I'm better than this. Fuck y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Peace out. I'm gone. Yeah, Help like, out. Benedict literally went, yeah, I'm going to go live my best life. Fuck y'all. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. When I, when that happened, I was like, wait, they're allowed to do that. <laughs> Talk to me. But I've been, I was a seminarian for four years and I never knew that a Pope could quit. And for me, a Pope could never damn quit. So I was. I thought they had I to was, die in office, like, you know, go down yeah. with the ship and all that fun stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> apparently you could. And this nigga did. <laughs> 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 all right so let's move on to the next one then so so in, so uh, to to finalize this uh on adapted screenplay you think it's going to be the two popes i do i do think it's going to be the two popes all right so i predict either the two popes and or jojo rabbit so, let's leave it at that. 
All right, so th- this is a, a category that we normally don't dwell on too much, but there's a lot of beautifully done stuff out there. So I thought we would talk about it a little bit, but I, I probably don't feel like I'm, I'm qualified to ever talk about production design. <laughs> so uh, with that said, production design for uh, the Irishman is nominated Yes. Uh, Jojo Rabbit, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. What do you think? This is this is difficult because uh, I think it's going to be Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yes. Because I, I just think that it really captured an era really, <laughs> really well. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, though. I mean, they're all great, but I, I, ju- I think it's going to be Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is this is what everybody has had to say about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, other than, I don't know, uh, Brad Pitt's fantastic showing is, is, is precisely that. The capturing of, a, of, of Hollywood in a particular era that seems so uh, beautifully nostalgic. So yeah, 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 and a time too that I I feel like the entire country apparently from what I've read, you know everybody felt like uh, an era of innocence ended, yeah, with with what happened uh, with the events that happened without spoiling anything, and so I I think it kind of captures that very well, like like the hopefulness and kind of being on the brink of that ending. Yes, you're absolutely right. So. Uh, we're both going to go with that because I, I can't see anything else, really. I mean, the all of the nominated, of course, are nominated for a reason. They, they deserve to be there. But I definitely think, and as you do, that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is going to take that one. Yeah, I do. I really, really do. And then we move on to original song written for a motion picture. How, what you have? I can't let you throw you. Oh boy, let's start over again with that one. <laughs> I can't let you throw yourself away again from Toy Story Four. I'm gonna love me again from Rocket Man. I'm standing with you from Breakthrough, Into the Unknown from Frozen Two, and Stand Up from Harriet. Right. So, if you ask me, here's what I think. I think Frozen Two is not going to have another anything else as widely popular and annoyingly catchy as Let It Go, Let It Go. <laughs> Simple as that. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and so uh, <laughs> they're nominated. Uh, Kristen Anderson Lopez and Robert Lopez are actually a, 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 a dynamic duo at, at writing, especially these you know, children's storage songs, because they are also responsible for Let It Go. But So we know who to blame. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we do know. But, you know, original song, I think, if we are to judge by Golden Globe, is going to go again to Elton John and Bernie Topper. Yeah, I, I I think that too because you know I mean it's Elton and Bernie, so <laughs> that's that. Yeah, <laughs> you know I mean yeah. it's 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 and for all we know it might be their last hurrah. So 
I yeah, I I I, I would say it's either going to be that or maybe maybe Toy Story four for for Randy Newman, but uh, I'm I'm leaning more towards Rocket Man. Yeah, Randy Newman be winning though, but like no, I, I think as you said, these um, little bromance right there between Bernie and Elton is going to is going to take it, and there's nothing we can say about that in in complaint. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, let's see. We have original score next on the notes I have. Okay. So original score, we have Joker by Hildur Gudnadotir from Iceland, Little Women by Alexandre Desplat, and Mary's Story by Randy Newman, uh, 1917 by Thomas Newman, and Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker by John Williams. What do you think about this one? I'm going to say this. This is totally based off of emotion. <laughs> mm. I, I want John Williams to win. This is his last, the last film, I believe, he's going to score. He's retiring. Oh, wow. He's almost 90. He's written some of the most recognizable, iconic, and beautiful music in history, not just music, music, not just in movie history, but in music history. And I, I want him to win. The other guys might be great, wonderful, and marvelous, but it's John Williams, and he's a sweetheart and an incredibly talented, genius man. So that's, that's my pick. All right. So the, here's what I can tell you. <laughs> Uh, in, 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 in what I think, right? Alexandre mm -hmm. Desplat is nominated pretty much every year. And sometimes mm -hmm. he wins, but he's consistently nominated. So I don't know that Hollywood would feel bad if he doesn't win for Little Women. Mm -hmm. Now, here's a crazy thing. Because we know the correlation in terms of prediction with the Oscars versus Golden Globe and vice versa. The biggest surprise this year in Golden Globes was the win by Hildur Gudnadotir, a young woman from Iceland, mm -hmm. uh, with Joker. So I wonder if this will, you know, history in that respect will repeat itself. Well, I have to say, if if John Williams loses, I would be okay with him losing to to her. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like, like he's my first pick and that's solely based on, on history really more so than what he's nominated for. But, but if he loses, I'm okay with Joker winning. But on the other hand, we can't forget 1917, which is a war movie. And these war movies tend to have very, very, very good score. They do. Yeah. Like, It's, Me too. I, I, I don't, I've, I've not seen 1917 in its entirety, but I can only imagine based on experience, based on, 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 yeah, based, based on experience watching all of these war epic movies and stuff, the, the scoring tend to be very poignant, very, very apropos of every stage of the, of the movie. Not that I'm saying that other movies are inconsistent with the score. I'm just saying that war movies tend to have that effect with music. And so I, I, I'm going to be completely honest with you in saying for this category, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. 
based on all you said, it seems like John John Williams will would do would do well in in you know in being the winner of this one, and and it would be like a tip of the hat for him. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But all I can say is we shall see. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, for Th- for Thomas Newman, he's been nominated, what is it, 14 times, and he's never won. So, Oh, wow. And and he's been nominated for some really, really good things. You know, he scored WALL-E, he scored Skyfall, Saving Mr. Banks. Let's see. And that's uh, these are just ones he was nominated for. American Beauty, Unstrung Heroes, The Shawshank Redemption. Oh, my God. So, you know, a very talented man. It's an incredible body of work. Yeah, yeah. Shot. So, I mean, good luck to everybody. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much. I think everybody should get one. <laughs> yeah, hopefully they can split it. You get an arm, <laughs> you get this. <laughs> so let's move on to International Film of the Year. And I don't... I don't even know if we talked about this last year, but of I don't course, remember either. Of, of course, there's a bigger noise about international film this year, especially the darling of international films, which is Parasite. Yes. But let's go through the nominations. Um, what you have. So we have Corpus Christi from Poland, Honeyland from North Macedonia, Les Miserables from France. Pain and Glory from Spain, and Parasite from South Korea. All right. So this is a biggie, but like it's almost, we could say with this one, the writing is, in, is on the wall. Yeah. But sometimes in, in, in those categories that are not necessarily, that will not be highly controversial, the Academy tend to go very in very different direction than the Golden Globes. Yeah. So even though Parasite won your film international film of the year, if you remember, there was a time where Pedro Almodovar was the darling of international films. Mm-hmm. And he still has his gravitas in in Hollywood, right? And I think also the fact that this movie is sort of, even though it's an international movie, but it's sort of a comeback for Antonio Banderas, Pain and Glory. Yes. So I I don't know. Uh, You know, I think if I were betting, I would go strongly on Parasite, but I'm not discounting Pain and Glory. Yeah, I'm not either. I'm not either. And, and mainly for these two reasons, because it's a movie by Pedro Almodovar and also because it's an Antonio Banderas movie. Yes. Y- yes. You. I agree. So. I agree. I think it's between those two. And uh, I think it might come down to if Parasite wins bigger. I don't want to say bigger, but you know what I mean? Like wins in a different category than they oh, might yeah. go, oh, let's give this to Pain and Glory. Yeah, because uh, as a matter of fact, Yo, I'm counting on Parasite to give us a Slumdog Millionaire moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we think it's Parasite, but we'll keep on keep an eye on Pain and Glory. Right? Yes. All yes. Right. Jojo, 
Let's move on to Best Supporting Actress. Yes. We have Kathy Bates in Richard Jewell, Laura Dern in Marriage Story, Scarlett Johansson in Jojo Rabbit, Florence Pugh in Little Women, and Margot Robbie in Bombshell. I'm going to start by saying that except for Kathy Bates, the entire field is actually difficult to actually predict anything. I agree. Uh, I, I agree. <laughs> I haven't seen Richard Jewell, but I have no doubt when they say Kathy Bates was good on something that she was good. Like Kathy Bates is Kath Kathy Bates, pure and simple. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I'm not like, I don't need to see Richard Jewell to know that exactly why Kathy Bates is nominated. I, I, I don't need anybody to come and tell me why. She's just Kathy Bates. She's just Kathy Bates. Like, whatever, dude. Like, she's Kathy Bates. Mm -hmm. Laura Dern, we know that apparently she was fantastic on Marriage Story, but you and I, we've sworn that we ain't going to watch that one. No, I'm, I'm not watching that. <laughs> <laughs> not even for the show. I'm not watching that. <laughs> uh, Scarlett Johansson, also, I, I don't doubt that she was good on Jojo Rabbit. Florence Pugh, apparently all four or five women on, on, on Little Women did their best work ever. So what can I tell you? But on the other hand, Margot, Margot Robbie in Bombshell, what, according to what I've heard, and I don't know if you can, if you can confirm that for me, but it, they say that her character was the only one that was fictitious on Bombshell. So she had to put in the work. I'm not saying that the other women did not have to, but they had a point of reference in the existing characters, right? But right. The, the, the character that Margot Robbie played was totally made up. And so it feels like as supporting actress, she went the mile. What do you think? Yeah, I I don't know. This this one is hard for me because I don't know. I, I really, really like Margot Robbie and everything that she's in. Um, I think she has a range that might be a little underappreciated. Yes. And I suppose saying that is silly when you're talking about somebody who's been nominated for an Oscar to say that they're underappreciated. But <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I think sometimes she gets written off as just, you know, like the blonde girl who plays Harley Quinn. And she's so much more than that. Scarlett Johansson is very good. I just have this feeling that Laura Dern is going to win. I don't know why. I just have this feeling that she's going to win it. I haven't seen Marriage Story, but... Hollywood seems to be in love with this. Yeah. And uh, from everything I've read, Laura Dern is fabulous in it. So I, I think she's going to win it. I, but I would like Margot Robbie to win it, honestly. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, 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 you know, I, I wasn't saying it that way, but I'm glad you did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I definitely would like Margot Robbie to be considered very strongly for this one, because like I said, um, you know, Laura Dern won the Golden Globe already, which gives us an indication of how good she was. Yeah. But at the same time, I do, I do feel like what you said is right, that, that 
Margot Robbie has demonstrably made it clear that she's here to stay and she's fucking good. <laughs> you know? Yes. So let's just erase the stigma of Harley Quinn and put this girl in this lady in the pedestal that she deserves to be as an actress. And let's yeah. give her this shit. That's all I'm yeah. saying. <laughs> yep. What do you have for best leading actress? So for best leading actress, I have Cynthia, is it Arrivo? Arrivo. Arrivo. Yeah. Arrivo in Harriet. Scarlett Johansson in Marriage Story. I can never say this lady's name. Is right. it Cersei? Cersei Ronan? That's what I go with. I know she says something of Schwarzschwarzschwarz. And Little Women, Charlize Theron in Bombshell, and Renee Zellweger in Judy. Okay. So go first, because I got a couple of things to say here. <laughs> I have no fucking clue, honestly. <laughs> I have no fucking clue. Um, I know that Renee Zellweger was supposed to be really good in Judy, which I have not watched. And I know how much Hollywood loves that sort of thing. And I know how much everybody in Hollywood loved Julie Gar Judy Garland. They loved her so much they loved her to death. Um, <laughs> But I, I don't know. It's difficult to say because, of course, we have Marriage Story and Scarlett Johansson being nominated in two categories, you know, for different movies, but but nominated in two categories. And then, uh, you know, the, the, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So here's my take. <laughs> Cynthia Erivo playing Harriet. I don't know if. Harriet as a movie came out in, in, in an unfortunate time. Let's, let's call it that way. Yeah. But for some reason, I felt like there should have been a bigger noise. There should have been a bigger resounding noise behind Harriet as a movie. Yeah, it was, it was very overlooked, I felt, feel like. like it it kind of like, I don't even remember trailers being pushed for it. Yeah. Yeah, and, and part of that unfortunate everything that happened with the movie, and I think I've, I've talked about this before, was actually led by most of the African-American community being against the fact that a black British woman was playing Harriet Tubman. That is without counting all the British dude that have played from Dr. King to <laughs> Malcolm to whatever, but somehow everybody seemed to had to have a problem with with Cynthia Erivo playing Harriet Tubman. So that in and of itself is a damn shame yeah. that we nitpick the entire fucking movie like that in, in, in its cast. But I also feel that it's unfortunate for a whole lot of reasons because I'm going to go as far as to say had this movie come out in the eight years of Obama presidency, it would have been a different thing, much like yeah. when Selma came out. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. But, yes. but we are far too divided right now as a country. And even within the community, <laughs> within the community that should take ownership for this movie, we are so divided that it turns out that this movie had no almost no relevance to us or to this moment in time in the country. And that's a damn shame. Yeah. So that's my take on Harriet, but kudos 
for uh, to Cynthia Erivo for her nomination. I know that she deserves it. And it's a shame that, again, that's what happened with this movie. So yeah. in terms of who is going to wind up winning it for me, as you said, Hollywood love, Ju Judy Garland, Renee Zellweger's biggest com big comeback is this one, and she's already proven it by winning the Golden Globe. But if you ask me who should win this best leading actress, guess who, I think? Charlie's. Uh, I was, I was going to say, I think you, you would say Charlize Theron. Charlize Theron. For, for the love of God, Charlize Theron can play anything, anybody from, from monster to, <laughs> to bombshell. Charlize Theron has shown she is the shit. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she is. You know, that that's an amazing fit, but like she's done it, man. She's done it because You, you see, you see Megan, whatever her name is, from Fox News. Megan Kelly. It's, yeah. yeah, it's amazing. amazing. It's amazing. And let's, let's, amazing let's give kudos to the, to the makeup artist, but come yes. on. She played the hell out of the character, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. She had to get the mannerisms down and the voice and the way you hold yourself and... <sighs> You know, makeup artist, of course, yes. But at the same time, you know, if you threw me in the same makeup, I'd maybe look like her. There's no way I could act like her. So, you know, that's... I'm trying uh, to imagine yeah. you as Megan Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, funny. Lord. That's funny, man. That's funny. You, you just made me laugh. <laughs> All right. So, moving on then. We're going to uh, cinematography. Cinematography and costume design are the next one, aren't they? But like, again, those are two categories that we, we normally don't dwell on too much. But again, th this is a good year for Hollywood in terms of behind the scenes uh, work. And, and I feel like we should, we, we obviously have to talk about them, isn't it? Yep. All right. So cinematography, was that, was that me or you? Yeah, it's me. So cinematography is Rodrigo Prieto for The Irishman, Lawrence Scher for uh, Joker, Yarin Blaschke for The Lighthouse, Roger Dickens for 1917, and Robert Richardson for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, thoughts? I think it's going to be between Roger Deakins for 1917 and the gentleman whose name I'm going to have difficulty pronouncing, Yaren Blaschke, for The Lighthouse. Really? Yeah, I do. 1917 is apparently tries to be one shot, uh, one, one continuous loop of film yeah. which is a amazing feat on its own and then the lighthouse which i have not yet seen all of but everything i have read about it is that the cinematography for the lighthouse is fantastic and different and exciting So I don't know. I, I feel like with cinematography, Hollywood likes to kind of go a little bit crazy. The Oscars like to go a little bit crazy and, and award a little bit more avant-garde stuff yeah. uh, than, than they would say best picture. So um, I don't know. I, to me, it's going to be down to those two. Hmm. 
All right, well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to say anything about that one because really, <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't, you know, I, I didn't I didn't seem to, I, I didn't think I had a horse on this one to tell you the truth. I don't know much about the lighthouse. I know that Joker, in terms of cinematography, also, whenever you have to depict and, and imagine Gotham, um, basically all you have to do is turn a couple of flights off Manhattan, New York, and you're good. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just present a more obscure New York. <laughs> you're good to go. <laughs> so, yeah. But, yeah, 1917, I would think, yeah, you're, you're right. I don't know. But I'm going to bet a dollar on that. And... Hopefully, I don't have to give you a dollar next week. <laughs> All right. So how about costume design? What do you have? So for costume design, we have the Irishman, Sandy Powell and Christopher Peterson, Jojo Rabbit, Maze Rubio, Joker, Mark Bridges, Little Women, Jacqueline Duran, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Ariane Phillips. All right. What do you think, Jojo? Uh, see, Hollywood loves the period dramas. So that makes me lean towards Little Women. Wow, man. That, that's, that's all I've been thinking about. In and it's, been, it's nominated for a lot of stuff that I don't know that it's going to win, but I feel like it might win this one. Exactly. Ex the token win, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah let's give you this one. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, but at the same time, you have one, two, three period uh, projects here because, you know, the Irishman goes through several decades. It's true. Um, Jojo Rabbit is based, Jojo Rabbit, you know, yeah. World War Two. Yeah. Once a time in Hollywood is in the 60s. I don't know, though. Hollywood seems obsessed with that, that, that 1800s, yes. early 1900s thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Whenever there's there's women overly covered uh, in, in, in period dramas. Yes, corsets reason. and hats and lots of frilly things. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, for some reason, yeah, they, they win. Uh, the movie wins. So, you know, a puritanic dressing seems to be, uh, <laughs> seems to be the thing for Hollywood. <laughs> uh, I've never, I never would have thought of it that way, but and that's a little weird now that you've pointed it out. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, come on, man. <laughs> These are women who were wearing pantalets. You know, yes. used yes. to <laughs> used to take I don't know eight minutes to get them out of their clothing. By the time <laughs> you know anything could happen, you're like. Yeah, fuck it. I'm not even interested yeah, anymore. I'm shit. done now. No, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, leave it to Hollywood. They like that shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So we we went salty this year. Let's just go ahead and move on. <laughs> All right. So we're going to best director. Uh, this one. I'm, I'm curious to see what you think. Mm -hmm. So, best director, we have Martin Scorsese for The Irishman. Todd Phillips 
for Joker, Sam Mendes for 1917, Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Bong Joon-ho for Parasite. This is where I think if you are a betting person, you shouldn't take you shouldn't you shouldn't take a lot of bets because it yeah. could go a lot of ways. It could go so many different ways. Mm. It honestly could. Like it could be Martin Scorsese, of mm. course, because of who he is. Yeah. It could be Quentin Tarantino because of who he is. It could be Sam Menendez because of who he is. It could be Bong Joon-ho for this movie that is, you know, phenomenal. And it could be Todd Phillips for the Joker being phenomenal. So I, I don't, I don't, I don't have a clue, honestly. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what to say. I, I, I don't know. I'm right there too. Like I, I, this is, this is, this is the biggest struggle for me in all of the categories, really. Uh, I mean, come on. So let's, let's, let's talk about the slumdog millionaire factor here. Yeah. Which is. Bong Joon-ho could win it best director based on, 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 on that. I mean, apart from, from Parasite being a fantastic movie. Right. By all accounts. I, I haven't heard anybody, any critic actually say that this movie is overrated or underwhelming. It, it's, it's been, it's been that. It's been an excellent movie. But it is a year also where you have one, two, three, four excellent fucking movies out too. And as you said, yeah. The Irishman is, is, could be Martin Scorsese's last hurrah. Yeah. And it was a phenomenal movie. You know, lasted a lifetime, but it was a phenomenal movie. <laughs> I felt like I got old. It was a man's life in real time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, you could actually like live half your life here, move to another country, and still be watching that same movie. Yeah, pretty much. But then, let's be honest. Joker was Joker was a great movie, and yeah. and you know. Whoever decided, you know who should play the Joker? Joaquin Phoenix. Whoever was that motherfucker thinking about that and and saying, yeah, let's do it. This person deserves, this person, the casting director should get an Oscar for that one. <laughs> you know? Yeah, they should. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I have no idea. I really don't know. I, for some reason, I'm leaning towards Sam Sam Mendes. I don't know why, hmm. um, but that's that's the one I'm leaning towards. Not because I really have uh, an affinity for 1917 or anything. I just, for some reason, I I have a feeling about it, that he's going to win. Yeah, and if he does, I'll be thinking about you, but. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the optimist in me says that Hollywood is going to do some crazy shit that night, big upset, and give it to Parasite. Yeah, which would be cool. Yeah. Would yeah. be cool. So, we'll see. What you got then for? So, I got best motion, best motion picture. 
So I've got Ferd. For, oh Lord, can't talk at all. <laughs> Ferd versus Ferd, Ferrari. Ferd versus Ferrari. <laughs> Ford versus Ferrari. The Irishman. Jojo Rabbit. Joker. Little Women. Marriage Story. 1917. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And Parasite. Yeah, well, this thing's this thing seems to be getting more difficult with, with with every category. Yeah. So what do you think? I <laughs> I if oh, okay, so I'll start with this. If Ford versus Ferrari wins, I'll fall on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. If Little Women wins, I'll fall on the floor. I think it's going to be either Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or Parasite. Really? You don't even give Joker a chance? No, because Hollywood just hates anything to do with with comic books. Well, there's that. There is that, yes. You're right. You're right. Damn. Wow. And Hmm. and I'm not saying that's fair or right. Because I, w- I would also love to see Jojo Rabbit win. Yeah. Um, but I think, honestly, if we're talking Hollywood and we're talking old school Hollywood, which is definitely what the Oscars are, I think it's going to come down to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or Parasite. And they and and I think they might go, you know, a little avant-garde and choose Parasite. But if they don't, I think it's going to be Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. So, you know what? Let's put a pin on that one, because I think by all account, you're right in the angle of the the comic book angle also was was a very uh, um, valid point that I never. Well, actually, I didn't know about, but I can think back in history and, and remember that. Yeah, never has anyone <laughs> seemed to, you know being taken seriously when, when, when it comes to anything based on comic book. Heath Ledger and he had to die for it to happen. Right. That is true. That's, that's been it. You know, otherwise, otherwise anything to do with a comic book or a superhero, it's just ignored. So, yes, but you know what? I seem to have forgotten a, a category. Actors. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I seem to have forgotten a category. So Yeah, men don't matter. Let's see where it's going. I am on the Oscar website, so I've got it up. Okay, bring it out. Okay. So we'll start with the actor in a leading role. Mm-hmm. So we have Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory. All right. Leonardo DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Adam Driver for Marriage Story. Joaquin Phoenix for Joker. And Jonathan Price for The Two Popes. Okay. So who do you have? (sighs) Leonardo DiCaprio is really good in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because he's playing an actor who doesn't have much range Mm -hmm. and I can't imagine how difficult that would be for an actor who has a lot of range to play somebody that 
doesn't. I hope that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like that had to be an incredibly difficult thing to pull off. And he does. The other thing, though, is, and we're never, I, I'm never going to watch it, but I, I've only heard great things about Adam Driver yeah. from Marriage Story. And Joaquin Phoenix is phenomenal in Joker. Yeah. Like, he's phenomenal in Joker. Jonathan Price is good as well. And I haven't seen it, Pain and Glory, but Antonio Banderas is, is, is always wonderful. For me, it comes down to Joaquin Phoenix and Leonardo DiCaprio. I think I really want Joaquin Phoenix to win. Yeah. But I also wouldn't mind if Leonardo DiCaprio won. Well, I don't I don't I don't know. Honestly, all of these guys, I wouldn't care. <laughs> I'd be happy for whoever won. <laughs> you know what, though? You know what? Much as it makes sense what you just how you just explain the logic that you put on LDC for for um, for being nominated. Right. I never thought about it that way, but it makes a lot of sense. A guy as talented as an actor For him to play somebody who is, as you would describe it, a, web, a wet napkin, <laughs> 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 I, 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 can, I can imagine how difficult that was. And so you have to be that good of an actor to do that, I, I, I think. You, you're absolutely right. But on the other hand, I think it's going to be um, Phoenix. Yeah. In yeah. Yeah, I yeah, would be very surprised, very surprised if it's not. I'm not saying Adam Driver wasn't dope. Like we know Adam Driver is like, yeah, but yeah, Joaquin Phoenix. I, I want it to be Joaquin Phoenix. Honestly, I, I just I feel like this character was important, um, especially in the mental health community. Yes. Uh, and I think he brought a lot of light and humanity to a character that could have just been completely two dimensional. Yes. It is a comic book character. <laughs> right. But he, he brought him to life and made him someone that we could relate to. So, and, and um, this is where you have to actually pay a bit more attention to screenplay writers more than anything else, because true. yes, the actors take their character and, and enlarge it and, and, and bring angles to it. But, the designer of those angles, the architect of those angles are those people who sit somewhere in a room and write those characters. Because truthfully, Joker is a two-dimensional character in a comic book. He's just the, the Joker, the bloodthirsty villain of, of Gotham. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but when you, when you, see the backstory and you're like this guy is a sick puppy but i kind of see where he's coming from <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah it takes it takes a good writer or a group of a team of good writers to come up with that and yeah and I, I'm, i'm thankful so i think phoenix yeah yeah and how about support and actor So actor in a supporting role, we have, we have Tom Hanks for A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Anthony Hopkins for The Two Popes, Al Pacino for The Irishman, Joe Pesci for The Irishman, 
and Brad Pitt for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. All right. So I think it's between Pacino and, and Brad Pitt. What do you think? I think it's between Pesci and Tom Hanks. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So I like this. This is the first time that we've ha we've gone completely different op opposite directions. <laughs> I, yeah. So you think it's Pesci and Hanks? Yeah, I do. Pesci right. because it's his big comeback, um, and everybody loves Joe Pesci for whatever reason, and and he was good in The Irishman. And then Tom Hanks, because everybody loves Tom Hanks. I mean, good Lord, how can he not? And he's playing Mr. Fucking Rogers. So, like, mm. I don't, you know, it's one of those biopic things. Hollywood loves the biopic. It's Tom Hanks. I don't know. So, t to me, it's down between those two. All right. You on bet? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Well, if I have to narrow it down all the way to the lowest common denominator, then in, in on uh, of my two picks, I think Brad Pitt is going to come out winning it also. Yeah. That's prediction based on Golden Globe, and that's also prediction based on what he plays, the role that he actually plays in the movie. Yes. I, 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 I hear that. You know, the two of them were fucking absolutely magnificent. Yes. So. Yes. We're gonna you know what's going to happen, right? Well. Anthony Hopkins is going to win. <laughs> that would be so funny. That would be so funny. That would be mad funny. We're going to be like, oh, so the, which one did Graham like? Which one did John Slinger? Okay, let's go with the other guy. <laughs> Who is the other guy? I don't even know his name, but. Any anything but yeah, anything what Justin Graham said. Yeah. <laughs> I get it, man. I get it. So what do you think? We call it a day? Yeah. Yeah. Very well then. So uh, <laughs> once again we want to thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to our podcast. Um feel free to always contact us on social media and tell us what you think about this discussion that we've had about the Oscars and uh We hope you'll be here also next week when we actually talk about our um, predictions coming true. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Or not. Or not. <laughs> wah, wah. Let's, see, let's see how wrong we were <laughs> next week. <laughs> Honestly, that's what I'm looking forward to is how wrong we're, we're, we both are. <laughs> See how many categories we got wrong? Yeah. I All think, of them. <laughs> I think the same thing happened last year too. Like, what? Green book? What right. the fuck? <laughs> 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 right then. So uh, remember, you can follow us on social media. We are everywhere on Facebook. We You can find our page as Kicking and Streaming Podcast. And uh, on Instagram. What are we on Instagram, Josephine? Uh, kicking and streaming underscore podcast. And on Twitter, we are kicking letter N, an extra N, so kicking and streaming. And uh, we also have the pint to rest. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> we have Pint Arrest. Pint Arrest. You can find us there. Our website is kickinginstrumentpodcast.com. As long as you don't use an ing on any of on either of kicking or streaming you will find us kicking and streaming podcast.com that's our pod, that's our um website we are available on any anywhere you listen to your podcast we're there so we are on castro we are on you know Castbox app Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and even Amazon Echo. So um, I don't know what else to tell you. Like, you'll find us everywhere. So we are uh, everywhere. We're watching you as you sleep. <laughs> we listen to you too. <laughs> so the other thing we'd like to ask you is whatever podcast app you you use uh, to listen to us. You can read us there. You can also put in a good word so that we can be found by other people. But more than that, we would like you to share our episodes. You might listen to it and you might be the one who likes it, but you don't know how many of your friends would like to listen to a podcast like ours. So just share it and let's see what happened. Right? Yep. Just share. Share, share, share. Sharing is caring. We also would like to invite you to look us up on our YouTube channel. You will find that the second part of our series, best TV series of the decade, uh, came out this past week. And watch it. Tell us what you think. Comment and also subscribe because we are planning to do much more. And the other parts of the series also are coming. And if you would like to be notified just after you subscribe, also hit the little bell button so that whenever we put something new there, boom, your uh, email box will tell you. Ding! Bing boom. You know, and so uh, for this week, we will say goodbye, right, Jocelyn? Yes. And we'll be talking to you next time. Thanks, everybody. Bunny. Toodaloo. <laughs>